It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we are so happy that you are here sharing a little bit of your day with us today. We hope that we can be an encouragement to you. Last week, we wrapped up our foundational series with how to study your Bible, and we hope that that was a help to you. And I know we also mentioned last week that we were pre-recording for spring break. We are now back from spring break, back to reality, back to schedules. Yes. Yes. How's your, how are your kids doing so far this week? Well, I will say Monday, getting them ready for school was rough. They were all like, we are, we do not want to go back to school. So I just reminded them only six weeks and we'll be out for summer. I know we were just looking at that. Mom was like, how much longer does, does Pace have in school? And so I was looking, I'm like six weeks. So I keep telling him it's going to go by so fast. So it will. And they have so much fun stuff planned for them for the rest of the year. Although milestone testing yes, and all of that, this will is begin. the first time Pace will be doing that. So yeah, that's yeah. a little stressful, I will say, but it'll go by so fast, but, but we finished up spring break. So what did you guys do for spring break? Uh, so we went to Myrtle beach to ocean lakes. It was, uh, not the trip that I had envisioned. Little one ended up getting sick and was running a fever as soon as we got up and heading down Saturday. So he was sick the entire trip. He was able to have one good last day while we were there on Thursday. That was his best day, but Pace had a good time and that's all that matters. I wanted Pace to have a good time on his spring break. Luckily, you know, mom and dad came down with us. So they were able to do things with him while we were taking Reese to urgent care. And so luckily they were down and he was still able to enjoy a spring break. But yeah, you know, that's the hard part with kids. Like, especially we never know with our own health, but especially when you have kids, you know, that's why, just so y'all know, that's why Tabitha and I try to stay a couple weeks ahead of our shows. And when we record, because Tabitha has four kids. I have two. We live an hour away from each other and we always want to make sure we're consistent with posting every Tuesday. So we do record a couple episodes ahead of time. That way we always know we have something there for you guys. But I know y'all were, y'all had a staycation. We did. We had a staycation. What was the highlight you would say? Well, the beginning of the week, we were lazy. I'll just go ahead and say that. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe, maybe I should word it as we were restful. Like we just took some time just to hang out and had no plans. Um, well, you know, when your husband is a pastor the week before Easter, which is what that was, as Ashley already said, we're pre-recording. Um, that is like the Super Bowl of the it church, is. you know. So we had lots of planning that we had to do, lots of preparation. So uh, my kids were a little disappointed that we didn't go on a trip. But when spring break falls the week before Easter, it's kind of hard for a pastor's family to make the arrangements to go on a trip. But we still had a great time. Our big event was, I think I had mentioned last week, that we were going to Stone Mountain. And the 
The weather was perfect that day. We only had one little downpour, but um, I mean, it didn't do anything to hinder our time there. We had a good time. So that did y'all was go fun. with your parents? Yes. Did they go with you? Yes, there? we oh, did. Good. Yeah, we went with my mom and dad and it was fun. And then we had Easter egg events you know, hunting Easter eggs with the church. And we had gone to another big event in our community with Derek's mom. And that was fun. We had a really good time. Family time. That's great. Yes. Now I know y'all did communion, right? With your church that Friday night. That was the first time y'all done that. So how did that go? Tell us a little bit about that. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Um, We had some ladies in our church that decorated with candlelight and it was it was decorated so pretty and just the, I don't know, the atmosphere when you walked in was just a day of remembrance. And then we had some beautiful singing from some people from our church. And then each family would kind of go to the communion table individually. And, you know, it, it was a different kind of process, but it was so pretty and just a touching time together as our church family. And so we will probably do that going forward Everyone awesome. enjoyed it. Yeah. It Make was, it a tradition from yeah, now Yeah, it was on. really good. And then we had a great um, Easter service, and your family got to join yeah. us for that. So we were excited for that. Yeah, we went to, we got up early and went to a sunrise service to support another preacher friend of ours. And it was a great service, and then got home changed and came to y'all's church. And that was one thing when we walked in Sunday morning, we were, t- we were talking about how beautiful the church yeah. was. It was so pretty. So I can imagine that Friday night how it was. With everybody, just that that ambiance, and it was yeah. so pretty. Y'all did such a good job. We enjoyed the service so much, so thank you for having us. Yeah. It, was, it was great. We were glad you um, were there. Since we're Lone Rangers right now, uh, it's nice <laughs> to sometimes go into a church where you know somebody, yeah. and especially those big Easter services. Um, but today, we are going to shift gears a little bit now that we are done with our foundational series. If you didn't get the chance to listen to those, go back, listen to our first episode, you know, where we discuss how sin entered the world, how we all became sinners, you know, go listen to our second episode where we discuss salvation and how important that is and how it's the most important decision you'll ever make. And then episode three was on the process of sanctification and how to live a holy life. And then last week we finished it up with how to study your Bible. So this week, as Tabitha and I were preparing what's next, what are we going to do next, we decided that, you know, maybe it's a good idea to take a little bit more of a deep dive into the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit a lot in our sanctification episode, and we were thinking that, you know, not everybody has a full understanding of the Holy Spirit and how they are supposed to interact with the Holy Spirit in their lives. So Tabitha, go ahead and introduce Tabitha's topic of the week going into the Holy Spirit. So as we introduce our topic today, I want to first begin by reading all of you a portion of our statement of faith. And you can find this on our website, but I thought that this would be a great intro into what we believe, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We believe in a triune God, that's the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We believe that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth, was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of a virgin, and in His obedience to the Father became the substitutionary sacrifice by dying on a cross. Three days later, He rose from the dead with a glorified body. He ascended into heaven and is now at the right hand of God the Father, where He is the mediator between God 
and man. He will one day return in power and glory to judge the world and to complete his redemptive mission. The Holy Spirit now dwells in all believers as the promised comforter and ever-present God. Ooh, I have to say, I have chill bumps just with you reading that. So I'm feeling the spirit as we're right now in the studio recording this. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of misunderstandings and misinterpretations about who the Holy Spirit is, why we believe in him and what is his role, the reason for his existence and why our relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important during our episodes on salvation and sanctification. We mentioned the Holy Spirit but we felt that it was important for us to have a true understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. Right. So we're going to go back to the Old Testament. You guys know I like to do that. So, you know, the question that a lot of people think, or the, I guess the idea that people think is that the Holy Spirit was new in the New Testament, right. yeah. but he wasn't. He was present in the Old Testament. Uh, the first mention of him is at creation in Genesis 1-2. It says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So while he indwells within every believer in the New Testament, which we're going to discuss a little bit later as we continue to talk about the Holy Spirit, the Old Testament also tells us how he came upon a select few. So just to name a few, Joshua in Numbers 27, 18, David in 1 Samuel 16, 13, and even King Saul, who was not what we would consider a follower of Christ at all, in 1 Samuel 10, 10. And that's just to name a few. There were other times that we see the Spirit come and go as well. But today, we want to really dig deeper into his relationship with believers in the New Testament and how that affects us today. In John 14, and we'll read that a little bit later, Jesus, while he was still on the earth, promised his disciples that he was going to send another after he leaves. And so we're going to begin our reading today in Acts chapter 2. This is after Jesus ascended into heaven, and it's what we call the day of Pentecost. So Ashley, if you'll begin reading in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and we'll kind of skip around a little bit in Acts chapter 2 as you read. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And just so all of you know, that is another conversation for another day. Yeah, we can't even get into that right now. <laughs> yes. So we'll pick up on verse 12. And they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, which also means convicted, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So this Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised in John chapter 14 has now come on the scene for the New Testament church in Acts. And it is a gift to all who repent and accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. I mean, some of these people in this story were mocking the men who... Yes 
who were feeling the Holy Spirit because right. they thought they were drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the others were like, we don't know what is going on, but we know that we have got to do something. So here's just a couple of facts before we get into all of this that the Holy Spirit in Psalm 139 uh, tells us that no matter where we go, the Spirit is with us. He is omnipresent. In 1 Corinthians 2, 10 and 11, it tells us that the Spirit knows all things. So he is omniscient. So at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit became a permanent indwelling in all believers. Our bodies then become the temple of God because the Spirit lives within us. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Remember when we talked about sanctification and how God takes the temple seriously? When we went back to Leviticus and all of those ceremonial um, things that they had to do before they could even enter the temple of God, well, now we are the temple, so we needed to, to, to take our faith seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you really think about that and think about the things that we do to our bodies, exactly. think about the things we put into our bodies, that can really be convicting yes, there in and of itself. For sure. So we believe that the Holy Spirit is in us after we become saved and we, you know, accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But let's talk about his purpose and his role in our lives. All right. So first of all, let's talk about how the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. We've already read in Acts chapter 2, but let's go back to verse 37. It says they were pricked in their hearts. Today, we would call that conviction. They didn't quite understand what was going on, but they knew that they had to respond. And in verse 38, Peter tells them exactly what to do. Repent, that is their salvation, and be baptized, and you shall receive the Holy Ghost. So when I read that, I kind of remembered my own day of salvation. And Ashley and I shared that with everyone during our salvation episode about the day that we came to know Christ. And salvation is not based on a feeling, but on faith and a fact, because we believe that God's word is true and that his promises are true. And we did exactly what the Bible told us we need to do to be saved. However, I felt something that day. I was troubled. I was anxious. I was afraid of what would happen Mm -hmm. to me after death. And that conviction by the Holy Spirit allowed me to feel that. And then immediately after I repented and I prayed and I asked the Lord to become my Savior, I felt such a peace that I had never felt before. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And I'm sure, Ashley, you have a similar testimony that you could share about that as well. Yeah, and... You know, we feel that's one thing that I want to bring up is that we feel the Holy Spirit even before we're saved. So when you're sitting in that church service or you're sitting in that singing service and you feel your heart beating out of your chest, you feel sweaty, your palms are sweaty, you feel that's the Holy Spirit nudging you and telling you, you know, it's time to make a move. And we see that in verse 37, they were like, We don't know what's, we feel something Mm -hmm. different that we have never felt before. That was the Holy Spirit telling them that it was time for them to make a decision of faith. That's right. And so not only does the Holy Spirit convict us of our sin before salvation, but then after salvation, because we have that Holy Spirit living within us, when we sin, 
sometimes we would call that our conscience now, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different once you become a child of God because you know immediately when you sin or if you don't, the Lord begins to reveal through your Bible study that, wow, I need to make a change. And that is conviction that the Holy Spirit gives even yeah. after salvation. And I truly feel that every person is born with a conscious, right? right. You all heard, let your conscious be your guide. Yeah, and yeah. we're all born with a little sense of, we know what we're doing is wrong. Right. But after you get saved and the Holy Spirit's living in you, it is more like Tabitha said, then just a conscious effort or a conscious thing when you do wrong things. It is that right. Holy Spirit that's living inside of you that's speaking to you and telling you, hey, this is wrong. Right, yeah. Or the Holy Spirit could be leading you and telling you that there's something more that you should be doing for the Lord, which leads us to our second point. Not only does the Holy Spirit convict us, but the Holy Spirit guides us and gives us gifts. In Ephesians, Paul gives us a delicate mix between God's gifts to us and our responsibility as children of God. In Ephesians 1.17, says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Um, Ashley, if you'll read 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16, this is a little lengthy, but this gives us um, a more in-depth look at the Holy Spirit working within us. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God." Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Through the Holy Spirit, God reveals deep truths about himself. He also enables us to understand the words and works of Jesus, as well as helps us to rightly apply those words to our lives in a way that honors his character. You want to know why the world doesn't think like us, that doesn't think like Christians? They do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. They don't look at things the same way that we do because we have a spirit that guides us. And if we reference back to that, that scripture that Ashley just read, it even tells us that they don't have the spirit of God. We do. That's why we think a little bit differently than the world does. That's why they don't look at sin quite like we do. We have the Holy Spirit that guides us through that. But the Spirit also gives us spiritual gifts as well. 
And we're not going to get into all of that today, but Galatians 6, if you want to go and read that, discusses the fruit of the Spirit. Now, these, these are gifts that are given to all believers. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it lists out specific gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit that are unique to us as individuals, which are things like administration, wisdom, evangelism, teaching, and we could go on with that as well. So we've talked about how the Holy Spirit is a convictor. He's a guide. He gives us gifts. Now, Ashley, you're going to go in and talk a little bit about how the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Yeah. So as we briefly mentioned before, we see this first mentioned in John 14, 16. In the scripture, Jesus says, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. And I just want to point out here in this verse that Jesus says, and I will pray the father. He's, he's still asking and praying to the father. I just think that's, that's so neat in that verse. He's not demanding, you know, I'm, I'm asking that the father is going to give you another comforter. He's like, and I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter. Um, this verse is the first time the term comforter is applied to the Holy spirit. Um, comforter, as most of us know, means to administer comfort or consolation, one who strengthens and supports the mind in distress. When I was doing some research, I looked up the Greek word used for comforter, and it was, um, I may butcher this because I'm not very good with the Greek words, mm-hmm. um, but uh, parakletos, which means an advocate or helper, consoler, intercessor. I read in someone's study where they were talking about comforter is just not a good enough word to describe what Jesus left behind. Um, in Jewish tradition, the term paraclete was given to prophets and the just as an advocate in God's court. So when I was thinking about this and I read this, I was like, and Jesus is my appointed attorney and he's sitting at God's right hand pleading with God the Father for the pardon of our sins. Like how amazing yeah, is that? Yeah, when we put all of that into perspective, it's like, wow. And it's so much more than a comforter. You know, you think of a comforter as somebody coming to you in time when you're upset, you know, mm-hmm. when you're crying over something and they're patting you on the shoulder. It's going to be okay. It's yeah. going to be okay. No, but this term's more than that. It's an intercessor. It's an advocate for you. And, you know, when I was thinking about this, I started thinking to myself, you know, the Holy Spirit is our comfort without the side effects. And what I mean by that is if you start thinking about what do you use for comfort, when you think about what comforts you tap, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Food. Yeah. And I think when I was doing some research, a lot of times it was food that popped up, comfort food. What do we, what do we reach to when, when we're upset or we're stressed or we're anxious, what do we turn to? And for a lot of people, it's food. Yeah. Shopping. Some other people, yeah. <laughs> Shopping, for us women especially, that can sometimes be a stress reliever. Also, TV. Some people start binge watching. Scrolling social media. Yep. Scrolling social media. And then, you know, it even can get into alcohol and drugs. Right. How many people turn to those things as a comfort? It's a comfort for them. Um, and then I was, I was doing an internet search on ways to find comfort. What I found a lot of was taking a shower, meditate, self-compassion, going for a walk. And, you know, I just sat there and I'm like, all of these things are missing the mark. 
Shouldn't we be turning to the ultimate comforter? We should be opening our Bibles and allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us instead of turning to things that have immense side effects like food. I mean, what if food was our comfort for everything? If every time we were stressed, every time we were anxious, we turn to food. And I think that is a lot of an issue in our society, but not only food, but what about alcohol and drugs? All of those things can have immense consequences for our lives and just such, you know, really immense side effects. So think of, you know, the Holy Spirit being our comfort without the side effects. Try to turn to your Bible in those times that you're feeling anxious and you're upset and you're stressed and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Cause I can promise you, he'll show you something and he'll give yeah. you something that can get you through that time. Um, there's a preacher friend of ours and in the pulpit several times, he always mentioned that Jesus is his high without a hangover. <laughs> and it just, I've, that has stuck with me and it has cracked me up and it is, you know, he can be your high without the hangover. Um, some other scriptures though, that Talk about the Holy Spirit as a comforter. You have 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. 2 Corinthians 1, 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I like that one because yeah. not only does God comfort us, but because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, he can give us the wisdom and the the knowledge to be able to comfort someone else that's struggling as well. That's right. And then in Psalms 94, 19, we see even in the Old Testament, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit in the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight in my soul. Um, and then I want to end on these three verses, because to me, they just clearly sum up the foundational series that we just wrapped up. So I'm going to close um, the part with, about, about the comforter with John 14, 17 and 18 and verse 26. So beginning in John 14, verse 17, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. John 14, 26, but the comforter which is the Holy Ghost whom the father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. And I say that these three verses sum up the foundational series that we just completed because there's no way we can experience the Holy Spirit in our lives without first accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, which we discussed in episode two of our foundational series. And without a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, We cannot move forward on our journey to holy living, which we talked about in episode three of our foundational series, which was our episode on sanctification. And true sanctification comes through having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit, which only comes through studying your Bible and growing in God's word, which was what we discussed last week as we wrapped up our foundational series. Ashley, as you were reading John 14 through 17, it was just like the tears started coming to my eyes because if I can get through this, I just, I can recall times in my life that 
I needed some comfort. Like I was yeah. going through some hard things in my life and I cannot imagine going through those things. We're all going to go through difficult things, but not having the spirit of comfort yeah. that was there with me. And I could give you guys detail after detail of times that maybe I was stressed with my children or I felt lost or whatever that was. And I don't know what anyone out there is going through right now, but if you don't have the spirit of God inside of you, it even tells us in verse 17 that you don't know him. Right. He doesn't live in you. No. And so maybe someone can give you a pat on the back and they can love on you, but you cannot feel that comfort that only comes from the spirit of God. And that's why when Christians say, I don't know how people make it without, without Jesus, Jesus yeah. is because those are the those are the times that we have seen God work in our lives and bring us comfort that nobody else could give us. Yeah, and those are the times we turn to Jesus the most. We open our Bible. We we lean on our church family. You know, as we discussed um, in one of our previous episodes, how important it is to have a church family that's there to comfort, to help comfort right. you, to help you know bring you that some joy back into your life and somebody who understands. It's not forsaking the fellowship of the brethren. Right, surrounding yourself with like minded people. Who, just as it said in the verse before, that can comfort you through scripture. Right. So all of these are benefits of the Holy Spirit. He's a convictor. He's a guide. And praise the Lord, he is a comforter as well. And if we are saved, we cannot lose the spirit. The Bible also plainly teaches that sin always has consequences, though, in our relationship with Christ. Billy Graham once said, while the Holy Spirit will never leave us, the benefits and joy of his presence can, in fact, depart from us. It is possible that our sin can quench the Holy Spirit and grieve the Holy Spirit. And he teaches that in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, as well as Ephesians 4.30. Yeah, and I just want to, I know we're going to get down to our challenge a little bit, later, but you know, I want everybody to examine your own life and where your relationship is with the Holy Spirit, because you could be in church your whole life. You could be a pastor's kid. You could be a deacon's kid and you could have lost touch with that personal connection to the Holy Spirit within your life. Right. So I want you to examine, you know, how your relationship is right now with the Holy Spirit. And do you have that personal connection with him to where or y'all do talk you have daily. sin that may be hindering yeah. um just that that presence that you feel That's when right. he when he's with you yeah and you know we could talk about examples of different sins but i think we all know that any sin can keep us from that relationship right with the holy spirit and that's one of the biggest things that we say yeah you know you shouldn't sin it's it's wrong it's bad we we need to ask for forgiveness but your direct line to prayer, when something goes wrong and something happens in your life, don't you want to know that you and the Holy Spirit, y'all, y'all are close, you're tight, you know, and that, you know, you have that relationship with him and you can stop and not only pray for yourself, but pray for someone else in need. And if you've got sin in your life, that's keeping you from being able to, to reach God the way that you need to, you know, going through and Jesus. It's, and as it's our not that you lose him. No, you he don't doesn't lose him. leave you. No. He tells us he will never leave us or forsake he will us. Not. But we can um lose, that, lose that benefit and that fellowship with him. That's right. So as we talking about the Holy Spirit and going a little bit more in depth, I'm hoping that this has 
given everybody that's listening a clear idea of what the Holy Spirit is in your life and how important it is to have the relationship with the Holy Spirit. But as we do in every episode, what is the purpose in having a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, I think as believers, sometimes we forget what a gift the Holy Spirit is to us. We've talked about how he convicts us of our sin. He guides us and directs us on our path of life and equips us with fruit and gifts of the Spirit that enable us to respond and to do amazing things all for the glory of God. And sometimes we are insecure in our faith. And even though we may know the direction that God wants us to go in, we have not given that over to the Lord. And I was also reminded in 2 Timothy uh, 1 verse 7, and this is a verse that I, I taught my kids early on. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We will never be able to grow in our sanctification without a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. So that is the purpose, realizing the power that as a believer, you have living inside of you. Of course, ending every episode like we do, what is our challenge for this week? As believers, we are either seeking God's purpose for our life or we're living it. And sometimes we know what that purpose is, but we're just too afraid to move forward. So we want to challenge you today to live boldly for the Lord. Stand firm in your faith and recognize the incredible gift that God has given you through his spirit. But we also know that there may be someone who's listening today, and as we've talked about the Holy Spirit, you just cannot wrap your mind around what we've said. Because maybe you've never felt that conviction before, but today, maybe you've recognized that you have never repented and followed the Lord through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, not only can we quench or grieve the Holy Spirit as we talked about, but if you're a non-believer, you can resist the Holy Spirit. And if you resist the Holy Spirit, that is you denying the free gift of salvation and turning away from an abundant life only found through salvation and ultimately choosing eternal life in hell rather than eternity in heaven. And we know that that's a hard thing to say, but we here at the Purposeful Women of God, we take our faith very seriously. And as Ashley has said before, life is but a vapor. We do not know when our life will end, but our God loves us so much that he has provided a way to bridge the gap and allow us to live at peace with him. He is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So today is your day. Follow him, live for him, and the Holy Spirit is the treasured gift that he promises to all that accept his gift of salvation. Well, that is so good. I think that's a challenge that all of us need to take and apply into our lives. Tap that. Just think it's necessary as we end all of our episodes. Just lead us in a word of prayer as we close out. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just come to you today. Lord, we thank you for this time of studying the Holy Spirit and what a gift it is to each one of us, Lord. May we walk in unity with the Spirit and realize the power that you have given us through the Spirit. And Lord, we just thank you, God, for loving us enough to send us a comforter so that no matter what we're going through, God, that we can feel the peace that only comes through you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. And we pray that you would just be with each lady that's out there listening today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Next week, we will be diving into a topic that's near and dear to both Tabitha and I's heart. So make sure you're following along wherever you listen to your podcast so you're notified as soon as the episode is released. Thank you for your love and support. And as always, remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful women of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.